In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was the God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand, understood it, has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me must surpass me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made his known. Well, good evening. Let me add my welcome to Matt's. My name is also Matt. I'm one of the assistant ministers here. And let me take this chance as I begin to wish you a very, very peaceful and Merry Christmas. It's my privilege, really, this evening to to help us spend a few minutes thinking about something that is at the heart of that passage that we just had read to us, something really that is at the heart of Christmas. Now, I don't know how you guys are feeling for presents this year, whether you've got your eye on that package under the tree already, whether you know your, your, your quid's in. Or whether, like most of us, you're expecting kind of the the normal round of mixed in with good presents, fairly rubbish presents as well, right? I mean, we'll we'll expect some tat this Christmas, I'm sure. I'm um, I'm going to my friend's house on Saturday, Rich, Roy, I think he's here somewhere, Um, and we do the thing, you know, Secret Santa, and it's all great fun, and we all we all have a lot of fun with it. Um, But over the years, we've been doing it. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell, I could tell, maybe tell you one decent present that someone has received, okay? I mean, and we're talking like 40 or 50, oh, there you are, 40 or 50 presents, aren't we now? Uh, I mean, and many, many of us will be in the same position that before the, the needles have dropped off the tree, before the, the turkey leftovers have run out, those presents will be kind of languishing at the bottom of a drawer somewhere, never to be seen or worn again. Well, I, I want to I tell you this evening 
about a present that anyone who has ever received it would would never want to return it for anything. A present that anyone who's received it would would say that is the most wonderful gift they've ever received. We're going to spend a few moments looking at verse 12. Just on that reading we've just had read, turn, turn back to it, would you, if you're not there. So John chapter 1. Verse 12, and it says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, sons or daughters of God. That is what we are going to spend our time this evening thinking about. The gift on offer this Christmas is knowing God as Father. Now, I'm aware some of, the, some of the things I say this evening, not, not everyone will agree with. But I think one thing I can say that is fairly uncontroversial is this. We all know what it is to want to be loved, right? I, that's fairly uncontroversial. Whether we've been naughty or nice this year, whether we're kids from 1 to 92, we all know what it is to want to be loved. And I take it Victor Hugo was onto something when he said... The supreme happiness in life is the conviction that we are loved. I have to say, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I grew up in, uh, uh, in a loving home. My parents are always pleased to see me next week. You know, even at my age, when I go back home next week, my parents will be pleased to see me. My mum will get excited. My dad will wrap me in his arms. That's a wonderful thing. Now, I'm aware that Christmas won't have that sense of, of, of joy and family love for everyone. Of course, my family's far from perfect. We, we all know what it is, surely, to want to be loved. The gift on offer this Christmas is there at the end of verse 12. To all who would receive Jesus... He gives the right to become a child, a son or daughter of God. The gift on offer this Christmas is the gift of knowing the love of God as a father. The gift of being able to call God himself your father. I don't know what you guys made of the, uh, the Christmas adverts this year. They seem to be getting more and more lavish each year, don't they? You, see, you guys see the, the Sainsbury's advert? That one that was made up of... Um, sort of real home video footage from people's Christmases. And do you remember that, the scene right at the end of it? Uh, it's that very, very touching scene. It's that, it's that family. Uh, it's like the mum, three kids, recording a video message for their dad, who's a, who's a serviceman, I think, in Afghanistan. You know, the kids are there, slight, slightly awkward, sort of stilted in front of the camera. Love you, Dad. Hope you're having a good time out there. Love you loads. And, uh, you know, Dad, wish you were here for Christmas. Missed you loads. And then, and then right at the end, that wonderful surprise where the dad, unbeknown to the kids, walks in the door, the greatest of Christmas surprises, and the, and the girl screams, Daddy, Daddy, and runs to him, and the dad scoops her up in his arms. Well, 
that is just the beginning of the, the picture of the gift that is on offer to us this Christmas time. Being able to know God as our Father. And the relationship talked of in verse 12 is an intimate, a deep, a, a secure relationship. You see how it's put? That all who received Jesus was given the right to become a child of God. Now that, that word right, it sort of speaks of legal authority. Uh, the legal right to, to be able to, to say something is true. So when it says the right to become a child of God, it's not, a, it's not an insecure uh, ability to call God your father. You're not wondering whether he's going to be your father one day, but, but turf you out the next. No, it's, it's like being able to write in indelible ink, God, as the father on your, your spiritual birth certificate, as it were. The gift on offer this Christmas is the secure, permanent, deep offer of being able to know God as your Father. It's the gift of having God as your loving Father through the, through the ups and downs of life in this world, through financial insecurity, through illness, through relationship breakdown. And it's a wonderful thing. And anyone who knows God as their father would tell you that. It's the gift of knowing that you're loved as God's child, of knowing his, his fatherly smile upon you. It's the gift of knowing that you're accepted, not, not because of who you are, but despite of who you are. It's the gift of knowing there is someone to take care of you, someone who knows your circumstances, someone you can talk to through prayer. And I think that is what our society craves. I think, I think we crave that, if we're honest. Glyn Harrison, uh, he's the emeritus professor of psychiatry at the University of Bristol. And he wrote this in one of his recent publications. He said, after decades of trying to feel good about ourselves, why do we still hunger for meaning? and significance. And the answer he proposes is that it's because, uh, you know, kind of in this kind of self-help culture, we, what we try and do is to kind of sort of fabricate from within ourselves feelings of, of value and worth. A sense of worth from within ourselves. And he says, no, 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 that, 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 is, that won't do. Uh, it hasn't worked. We're told just, just love yourself and you'll feel happy. Tell yourself you're valuable. Look in the mirror and tell yourself how wonderful you are. Fabricate that feeling. I mean, look around. It doesn't work, does it? And he proposes the answer is that, that we're just not big enough to validate ourselves in that way. What we need is an external validation of who we are that has nothing to do with our performance. A validation of our worth that has nothing to do with how we measure up compared to the next person. And that is the gift on offer here in verse 12. From without us, without ourselves, it is God. External of anything we do, anything we could earn, it is God. 
if you like, putting his hand on our head and saying, Matt, my child. Al, my child. Susie, my child. And is that off? I mean, you could, you could substitute your own name into verse 12. To, and your name, who received Jesus, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become a child of God. That is the, that is the precious, precious gift that is on offer this Christmas time. And look at this point. I know some of you are sitting there going, oh, come on. That is just, I'd love it if that were true, but that is just an emotional crutch you're believing in. You know, the, the, the Marks and Spencers advert says, believe in magic and sparkle. You Christians, that's all you believe in, magic and sparkle. This is in the realm of myth, not truth. Look, there's lots I could say at that point. Matt will say something later about an event that we're putting on in January called Faith or Fiction. And one of the questions we'll be looking at there, one of the questions that we'll invite uh, discussion and debate about is, is you know, isn't, isn't the Bible just myth that's been disproved? We think, no, this is, this is not in the realm of magic and sparkle. But some of you, else of you hearing this, will say, hang on a minute, I, you're saying the gift on offer this Christmas is to be called a child of God? Aren't we all already God's children? And maybe surprisingly, the answer the Bible comes back at us with is, is, is no. Not in the sense of verse 12. Not in the sense of that deep personal relationship that we're talking about. And I take, I mean, I take it that's obvious. I take it if we were all children of God, John wouldn't have bothered writing that. It just stands to reason, doesn't it? No, we're not all children of God, but what is on offer is the ability, is the right to be called children of God. And look, the reason we're not, the reason we're not all naturally children of God is because we suffer from what I want to call the home alone syndrome. Now, I don't know, fam- favorite Christmas movie? Would Home Alone be up there for you? Yeah? Yeah, good man. I like that. I don't think it would be my top one, but it would certainly be up there for me. A great, great family film. And that tells the story of Kevin, who just exasperated, just says, I wish my family would disappear. And he wakes up. I think, oh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or something. And he's got his wish. His family are not there. And he's wanted to get rid of them because he is fed up with his family telling him what time to go to bed, what he can't watch, the fact that he can't have plain cheese pizza for himself, the fact that he can't just eat bowls and bowls and bowls and ice cream and and sugary sweets. That's what Kevin craves. I I just want to be alone. I just want my family to get lost. You know, and that, that makes for a, for a fun film. Makes for a great film. But, but, but when it comes to humanity, that kind of attitude is, is terribly serious. Because humanity is, is like Kevin in Home Alone in as much as our natural propensity is to want to throw off and, and get rid of God as an authority over us. Not because we don't like being told what time to go to bed, though I guess some of us still don't, but because we don't want to be told how to live. 
We don't want to be challenged on how we spend our Friday nights. We don't want to be told who to sleep with. We don't don't want to be told that our priorities should be about others, not ourselves. And we tweak somewhere deep down, sometimes even subconsciously, as Dostoevsky wrote, if there is no God, then everything is permitted. And we want to we want to get rid of God. As a race, we suffer from the, the home alone syndrome. Just wish God would, would go away and let me do what I want. And the verdict that the Bible gives us, if we would read on a few pages in John's Gospel, it, it, it's striking. It's blunt. I'll be honest with you. Listen to what the verdict is in John's Gospel. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men and women love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. We want to get rid of God. You know, the Humanity Alone movie wouldn't, wouldn't end with the family reconciliation as the strings started playing and the credits started rolling. The Humanity Alone movie would end with God at the door, but us having barricaded it, us kind of shouting through the letterbox, get lost, God, we're better off without you, we don't want you, just go away, let's do our own thing. It's a shocking verdict, but we, we know enough of that in our own hearts to know there's even an element of truth in that, don't we? Naturally, we do want to turn our back on God. We want to push God to the side because we know if there's no God, anything's permitted. At my old church, um, when we were teaching the little ones about what, what sin means, what the Bible calls sin, we used this acronym. We said sin stands for this. S, shove off God. I, I'm in charge. N, no to your ways. That's, it's, it's simplistic, obviously. But there's an element of truth in that, even for big people, isn't there? Shove off God. I want all the good things in life, but I don't really want to have to think about you very much. Shove off God. I want all the gifts, but I want nothing to do with the giver. I'll, I'll decide. Thanks, God. I'll decide. Uh, what kind of morality I'm going to follow. I'll decide what I think is true. I'll decide how I live my life. And yeah, sometimes I'll, you know, flip open my Bible and take a bit of your advice. But no, no, if, if what you say disagrees with what I want to do, then I'll go with what I want. Thank you very much. Shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your ways. So it's as if... It's if, like, we've done a Kevin in Home Alone to God. Not most of us in the kind of vocal, celebrity, atheist, shouting it from the rooftops kind of way, but in a quiet, polite, understated, just, just move over, God. I don't really want you. I, I, want, I want to be in charge. Thank you very much. I wish you weren't here. Because if you're not here, anything's permitted. The Bible said that, that has consequences. We were designed, we were created, we were made to know and love God as Father. 
we were made to know ourselves as his children. But as a result of pushing God away, we, we've collectively forfeited the right to that relationship. And, and rightly uh, and, and, and lovingly, God is angry at the way we've shouted through the letterbox, if you like, get lost. And so we're alienated. Humanity finds itself alienated. We've got what we asked for. Naturally, we're, we're spiritual orphans. And left to our own devices, we will be left alienated, separated from God for eternity. That's one way of describing what the Bible calls hell. Separated from God. The good news of Christmas is that there is a way back. There is a way back into relationship with God. There is a way back to knowing God as your Father. And if there is anyone here tonight, as we're speaking of these wonderful things, if there's anyone here whose heart is is flickering into light, who says, that sounds wonderful. He says, How, what is the way back into relationship with God as my Father? Well, the answer is there again in verse 12. To all who received him, to all who received Jesus, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The way back, says the Bible, is to receive Jesus. To receive Jesus. Let me be very clear what receiving Jesus is not, okay? I, I, got, I got this wrong for a long time, you know, 15 years ago when I was looking into Christian things. Uh, I have the great privilege of speaking to many people ab- ab- about Christian things, and, and I think this is one of the, the key things that we struggle with. Receiving Jesus is not trying harder to be good. Okay, receiving Jesus is not, is not walking out of here tonight kind of resolved to pull your spiritual socks up, as it were. Yeah, we can't do that. We, we've spent a lifetime left to our own devices telling God to shove off. You can't, you can't, you can't change just like that. God says, God says, love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You think you can do that just for just for a week? If you think you can do that just before Christmas, well, well good luck. Tell me how it goes. And even if we could, the, the damage has already been done. We've spent our lives saying, "Shove off, God! I'm in charge. No to your ways." The the relationship is is broken. We are alienated. There needs to be reconciliation. There needs to be forgiveness before we can enjoy that warm fatherly smile upon us. Jesus makes that reconciliation possible. Jesus makes that forgiveness possible. And so when it says, verse 12, to receive Jesus, what it means is asking for forgiveness because of Jesus' death in your place. You see, we, we, we've said all night, we've lived our lives telling God to shove off. By contrast, Jesus lived his life as a perfect, perfect son. 
In fact, way back in the beginning, that's what it's talking about in, in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. That is, that, is, that is God the Son. That is the person we were talking about. In the beginning was God the Father in perfect relationship with God the Son. And at Christmas time, we celebrate God the Son taking on flesh and living among us. And the people who lived with him, the people who watched him, the people who he spent time with, they said there was a man who lived perfectly. There was a man who trusted his heavenly Father in all things. There was a man who loved his heavenly Father perfectly. There was a man who loved others perfectly. And so this is Christmas. But we need to fast forward to Easter. Where on the cross, Jesus, the perfect son, dies to take the punishment that imperfect sons and daughters deserve for how they've told God to shove off. On the cross, Jesus, the perfect son, took the punishment so that people like you and I, who deserved punishment, wouldn't have to face it. To receive Jesus, verse 12, means to accept that he died and was punished in your place so that you might know God's forgiveness. And so that leaves us with two options. There's two options this Christmas time. Carry on, carry on living as spiritual orphans, shouting through the, the letterbox of the universe, as it were, shove off God. Or receive the gift offered at Christmas. Come back to God and, and know him as Father. In a story that Jesus tells in the Gospel of Luke, God is described as a father who is waiting for his son. God is described as a father who is waiting for his wayward son to come back to him. Waiting for his son to come back and say sorry. Waiting for his son to receive forgiveness that that father was, father was all too willing and ready to extend. And the father in the story sees his son at a great distance and runs to him and embraces him and loves him as a son. Just like the dad in the Sainsbury's advert. And that same father, that same God, waits for you to come back to him this Christmas time. He says, come Receive Jesus. Trust in his death on your behalf. Receive forgiveness. And know the wonder of living with me as your father. Let me pray. Oh, Father, what a wonder to know that the gift on offer to us is to know you. To know you as our Father, to know your fatherly smile upon us. Father, what an awful thing to, to live as spiritual orphans, to tell you to get lost when the offer of being your children is there. Father, we ask that each of us would enjoy and rejoice and come to you to know you as our Father this Christmas time. Amen.